Captain's Log, Episode 19. This week's episode of the Beer Avengers podcast is sponsored by Astoria Beer and Cheese Ditmars, located at 3511 Ditmars Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. I was in the other day and they've got a lot of great new selections, including beers from Three Floyds, Middlebrow, Finback, and as featured on today's show, Fair State Brewing Cooperative and Barrier Brewing Company. Enjoy their eclectic array of craft beer, artisanal cheeses, and specialty grocery items. Astoria Beer and Cheese Ditmars, home bar to yours truly, Captain Porter Brownstout. Today we're honored to welcome our very first beer venture to be, our friend, neighbor, and benefactor, Rick White, owner of Astoria Beer and Cheese Ditmars. Rick joins us for some great pours and regales us with an origin story like no other. Honestly, this show has everything but a beer venture name for Rick, so feel free to send in your ideas. Remember to like, star, and subscribe us whenever that feels appropriate. And send us your emails at thebeervengers at gmail.com if you have any questions, suggestions, or uh, if you just like hearing us talk about you on the show. And now, without further ado, please enjoy episode 19, Meet Mr. White, a story of beer and cheese. With a beer, beer, beer. Beer Avengers, beer, 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 beer Avengers, beer, 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 beer Avengers. We're the Beer Avengers. Welcome to the BeerCast, everyone. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in snowy Astoria, Queens, I am Captain Porter Brownstout. And coming to you from an undisclosed location in Manhattan Town, home of the Snowy Owl, it is I, the Pale Male Hophead Huck. And coming to you from the County of Kings, where we're just kind of over snow, it is I, the Beer Wonder! And we are... The Beer Avengers! That's right, that was was a fun one. Uh, That's right, we are the Beer Avengers, everyone. So happy to have you back on our podcast, the, uh, the, the show that began as a Twitter handle, became a blog, and now... Is a beloved uh, is a beloved beloved weekly show listened to by uh, you know a few people An American uh, treasure. growing every week American every treasure. day. Um, we got a really fun show for you guys coming up. Uh, a whole new unique set of pours. Uh, I'll be taking another visit to the Captain's Cellar. Uh, but before we start the pours, I want to. We have a very exciting new 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 thing happening today. Uh, we've had a lot of guest beer vengers. Today is our first guest beer venger to be. Uh, this show, uh, spoiler alert, by the end of the show, he will be a Beer Avenger because mm-hmm. that's part of the whole initiation ritual. Uh, please welcome the owner of Astoria Beer and Cheese Ditmars, Rick White. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much. Our wonderful sponsor, uh, Astoria Beer and Cheese Ditmars at 3511 Ditmars. Now, oh, and by the way, I know I mentioned on the on the, on the, the thing last week, uh, on the teaser i didn't know for sure if they still had any more of the caramella goose island they do <laughs> well you know the one that you had last oh, week. i had it uh, i had it oh, yeah <laughs> did yeah you, they've, you uh, did, they've still did got a few it. of those left so anyway um so that's that's what you have to look forward to for the show before we do anything it's not really the show hasn't begun in earnest until we've all got a beer in our hand so let's get to the pours let's pour it out i mean pour it in the glass don't pour it out no don't, don't pour it out it's not this is not a solemn occasion um and yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, there's four of us today. Uh, we've all got a good beer. Beer wonder. Um, who do you think should start? 
I, I just, I'm, I'm conflicted. This is new charted, uncharted territory for me, but it does feel like it would only be polite if we let our guest go first. That's a good idea. Well, yeah, different kind of guest, but still he's our guest. I mean, that's guest, a guest is a guest. Right. Okay. Rick, what do you have for us here? Well, I have a really interesting beer, uh, from fair state, uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, this is actually a collaboration. I want to get that straight on my screen there. Not that. Uh, It's a collaboration, uh, with shells beer, uh, also in Minneapolis. Um, and, uh, it's their take on a Westphalian, uh, Westphalian lager. It's an amber lager. Nice. Uh, it was really, we haven't been seeing a lot of stuff coming in from fair state over the last couple of months. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, they've, they've slowed down a little bit from the pandemic. Right. They're an employee owned, uh, organization or co-op. They are. And actually the name of this is union lager. And ah. that is very good. Very good. Uh, I, I appreciate that captain. Um, this is a celebration for them becoming a union brewery. Oh, very good. Now, now, uh, before you pour it, I just want to ask you one question. Where, where, where can that be purchased? <laughs> this can be purchased at Astoria Beer and Cheese Dipmars, located at 35-11 Dipmars Boulevard in beautiful, snowy Astoria, Queens. So I guess that would make this a... Sponsored pour? A sponsored pour. So yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's see what that looks like, Rick. All right, fine. So let me see if I can open this without getting it all over the table. Okay. Ah. Oh no. It's a triggering oh, sound. So we uh, we got a little branding going on there. Of course. I don't want too much of a head, but a nice head is nice. And there we go. Oh, very so pretty. It, it's a nice clear amber ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, log, lager rather. It's got, it seems pretty, yeah, very clear, good head on it. And just looking at your face on that one, it looks like the nose is probably pretty incredible. Oh, it smells like a really, like I, I want to drink this all summer long. Super crisp on the nose. Just what a lager should. should uh, yeah, it's a pretty one. Like. Yeah, it's fantastic. Excellent. Well, I have a nice beer to uh, today. This is a bit of a uh, throwback to the OG, baby. This is called the Hitty Topper. Oh, oh Wow. wow. Very and special. From the much Alchemist, after. Uh, Alchemist Brewery in Vermont. And it says on the top, this is weird, it says drink from the can. Yeah. No, no. No, none of this. Sorry, John. <laughs> oh, we're going for it. You know, it. once you bought it, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, that's right. It's my beer now. Yes, we got to see it. Ooh, we got to see it. Right away, I get that nice Mm, that classic IPA nose. As it that. should. And here's the thing. I, I mean, it's so cloudy. And I feel like that's initially why they didn't want you to pour it in a glass because they didn't want you to see the cloud before they we were all be used scared. to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just such, it's just such a, be- it's such a beauty. Like it's a classic, but such a beauty. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Nothing quite like it. Yeah. It does have nice uh, hazy color. I mean, compared to the hazies of today, uh, it's, it seems like it's almost transparent, but it's actually, it is, it is a uh, hazy and it's considered the original hazy. You know, up until this past year in 2020, uh, the Alchemist was not allowing uh, retailers to sell that beer to go. You actually had to consume it on premise. Mm. And that was because they were only releasing a small amount uh, to our market. And so they wanted to retain customers uh, for those bars and retailers. Oh, but now they let you take them out. Well, because they're releasing a little bit more beer and also, you know, no one's really drinking in right now. 
That's fair. Yeah. I remembered it when you'd have that up on the dry erase board behind the bar saying we have we have heady topper or one per customer. Right. Drink it on premise. It still has the same mystique that it that it, it hasn't fallen off. People really yeah. want to get out and get them and the focal banger as well. Um, well, that's actually my favorite is the focal banger. Yeah. The the focal mm-hmm. banger takes you just to the edge as far as the hoppiness of the beer goes and then doesn't step over the edge. For me, Heady takes me a little bit too far over the head, over the edge. Mm. I don't know. I love it. I think it's great. I well, don't get to have it a lot. So well, you when are you only have one, okay. like twice a year, I'll have the Heady and it's good. That makes it more uh, uh, exciting to have it as a rare beer. Yeah. All right. So what do you have there, Beer Wonder? So I, I'm sticking a little bit closer to home. Uh, I've got uh, a specialty beer that I've been holding on to for a minute uh, from our friends at Bronx Brewery. It is the Together With, which is a delightful Bach uh, that is flavored with cranberry. This was one of the things that they put out uh, around Thanksgiving. Um, and so oh. thought that that would be a fun one since we're in that Fantastic. sort of colder time of year. So yeah. let's get this one poured. All right, here we go. Again, it's that got nice. that like mm. ambery color, that dark bot color we expect. Mm. Right. It's like sort of a, not quite a brown, but has that kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's great. Cranberry really, mm-hmm. really color that beer. Yeah, you can definitely see it. Nice, also kind of tannish uh, head on there. And cranberries and orange straight off the nose. Oh, nice. Really delicious. Oh, very good. All right. Well, today when I stopped into a story beer and cheese Ditmars, uh, uh, what it, what happens every week or two, I go in and Ryan uh, gives me a few beers, uh, two of which I give to the other beer vendors and one of which I use as a, uh, well, you'll hear that expression in just a moment. Uh, so I'm going to show you guys the ones you're going to get first, Ooh. and then I'll get to my pour. Uh, also from, uh, what was that brewery again, Rick? Uh, Fair State. Fair State, yeah. Fair State Co-op. It's the Party Forward IPA. Ooh. One of you guys will be going home with that one. Okay. Exciting. Uh, I also, uh, he gave me the uh, another barley wine because I knew how, how fond you guys were of those Yo. last week. We had uh, a great time. Thank you for that. From Thank you for that. Mustache, or mus- mustache Brewing in Buffalo, New York. Ooh. This is lit. Mm. Oh, that is wow. that is decidedly lit. No question. I also enjoy the yeah the, the mustache logo is pretty ace. It is. <laughs> uh, but the one I chose to go with, well, it's funny. This is one like Brian, uh, Ryan was like, what's the third one? He was, he was And he kept like passing over this one. I just I didn't want to I wanted it to be his choice. But it's like finally I just had to say, well, what about what about what about that one there? And that that one there happened to be sponsored for the barrier. Morticia Imperial oh, Stout. Oh, so good. That's a great beer. So I have not good. tried. I, well, this is their new version of it. Okay. With Dulce de Leche. Oh, yum. Oh. And, have you had this one already, Huck? No, I think I had one like two years ago. So. Yeah, this is part of their, their new batch of it. Rick is shivering. I need to hear about I this. Lo- I love Morticia, <laughs> and I have not had the Dulce de Leche, and it walked in the uh, the other day, and I figured I've already chosen my beer, but now I'll have yeah. to all right, here we go. Oh, gosh. And this, I mean, that pours like a dream. It Look at that. Black as night. Look at that. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, you, that one, I mean, it's a classic Captain beer. Uh, really shows off there the logo of a story beer and cheese. Yes. Uh, in, in the glass. <laughs> I have to make sure, yeah, oh, it's starting to slip out of my hands. It's very, all right, there we go. Uh, yeah, such a All right. Too, yeah. I think we all have, we are all beard now. So, gentlemen, cheers. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Oh, was... Well, I'll hold these up at the same time. Mm-hmm. For, group shot and then we can get to drinking it all right very good well cheers friends cheers cheers cheers. oh Oh. 
So I'm going to have to get you all uh, branded goblets because right now I only see the captain mm. with a branded goblet. That's true. I'm just out of my shaker. That's okay. I tend to drink all of them out of that, but I will happily take uh, take any of those. In fact, I, I wanted to say thank you, Rick, because you have wildly diversified some of my beer selections. Um, it's always nice to be told, please try this. Uh, and you will hear there was a, my, my, one of my first sponsored cores was a, uh, a mead that I had quite a reaction to in the most delightful way. So thank you so much. Was that the, was that the habanero mead? Habanero. Oh, was it ever? Yeah. It definitely Grateful was. Head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so, getting I'm getting bits in this. Yeah, I got yeah. floaters. I got bits. See, oh, no. I think I think that's why they didn't want us to see it because at the very beginning, you know, there's not going to do anything to your beer, right? But imagine you're a person who's been drinking Bud Light your entire life, and all of a sudden you see weird floaters oh. in your beer. That's got to be yeah. freaky. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. That's have why they against, call it unfiltered. I don't have anything against floaters. They look they look dark in the light. It's, I mean, it tastes great, you know. So I. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the process. Is it the dry hopping that makes that happen where you end up with uh, uh, more byproducts? Right. Well, even though they say that a beer is unfiltered, they still go through a filtration process. Yeah. Um, but there's always going to be a certain amount of product that's going to be left behind. That's how you know it's fresh. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I'd normally been living the lager life, and you guys both went for lagers this week. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I would have joined you. Maybe I will in a minute. <laughs> Well, you know, it's always time for a second. Just give um, me time. Right. Well, I didn't want to start off with anything too heavy. Uh, so that's why we're going with the lager first. <laughs> that is the recommendation. Because he heard our show last week. <laughs> oh, well, we're still all recovering. I took two sips of that barley wine and I was on the moon. Yeah. I mean, I maybe it was just I was a little vulnerable in the moment or something, but wow. I, I did this listen is, to that. I this one to that is really earlier. nice. It's. It's got that that classic imperial stout taste. Um, you might remember from last summer when all those great Black is Beautiful beers were going around mm -hmm. that Gun Hill did a Dulce de Leche version of the of the Black is Beautiful, and I really liked that one a lot. I would say the Dulce de Leche in this one is a little more subtle. Okay, it's mm. it's definitely present. You taste it; it's there, but it's a uh, it's a little more subdued. And I uh, I might e I might even like this one better. Okay, huh. Big big fan of our friends at Gun Hill, but Barrier has never steered me wrong. Yeah, I'm, uh, I remember having the Morticia. I think I had it at Pony Bar a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Wow, that's great." Yeah, I do try to avoid the 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 milk stouts, but you know, a little bit is okay. Yeah, that's not not always so tolerant of the lactose. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I try to avoid it. Although sometimes, you know, if you get one of those like really great sours that have a, the, mm. the the smoothness, and you're like, oh. You know, that milk sugar really brings it together. You're like, okay, well, you got me this time, lactose. Can't uh, avoid it. So, Rick, I have to ask, because as part of my origin story, I come from an undisclosed location in the state of Minnesota where that beer may have been brewed. So, mm -hmm. how is it? It's actually really delicious. It's a, it's it's very, very easy to like. There's, there's really nothing... Um, uh, I don't think anybody would be able to criticize this beer. There's really nothing about it that anyone would really unlike. Um, what I like about it is that it's crisp, it's refreshing. Uh, I don't have to think twice about it. Just open it up and go. Um, it's only 5.3%, so mm -hmm. you know you can drink a few of them. Uh, this might even be the beer that I drink for Super Bowl on Sunday night. Nice. Um, so I can drink two or three or four of them and not feel like I'm getting really uh, full from them. 
I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, it's got a great story too. So, um, you know, it is a collaboration. um, And, uh, you know, they're celebrating unionizing their workforce. Um, So I I love that story. That's one of the things that I really really enjoy about um, the business that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. I know Fair State, my experience with Fair State is that they generally, uh, I've generally had their sours and they make Mm -hmm. really good uh, sour ales. Uh, I haven't had too much in the way of lagers or IPAs from them. I, you know, my guys, I, I, I have a chef's palate. Um, and I mean, at some point we may talk about my background, but I have a chef's palate and sour is not in my toolbox. Okay. Um, my, my team through the years has tried to get me into sours and I just can't. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there have been some sours that I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed some stuff from Hudson Valley. Yep. Uh, to, to, you know, think of one off the top of my head, but, um, for the most part, it, it's a very, very difficult flavor profile for me to get around. Um, it, it, it's almost as though, you know, when we start talking about IPAs, uh, the Western style IPA and that really heavy bitterness, yeah. I have a hard time with that too. Okay. Like it, it just clouds my palate over. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I've, I may have talked about this before. Like sometimes I'm much more into the double IPAs than the single IPAs because they're, they have a more of a sweetness profile and they go down easier. Uh, curious about the sours. Uh, not that I'm doing this all about the plugs, but you did have one that I got from your store really recently, uh, was a collective arts sour. Uh, and and it wasn't, wasn't as sour because there was a little more sweet there because it was blueberry and chocolate and vanilla. Mm. Do you know the one I mean? I do. Yeah, I do. I, I didn't get a chance to try it yet. I have a can, uh, in my fridge. Uh, Ryan suggested I give it a try. I love collective arts. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, Glenn, you've been to the shop. Uh, Captain, you've been to the shop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, on, right, on, use his informal name. right on the wall as you walk in is a mural that was painted during a collective arts event that we did a couple of years ago. Uh, we So the, the great story behind collective arts is not only do they brew incredible beer and a wide variety of styles, but they work with artists from around um, uh, North America and uh, it gives the, the artist uh, exposure. Um, we had an artist who was on one of their cans or one of their, um, their runs of beer and she came in and she did this mural. She started the mural a couple of days before the event and then um, uh, we hung it. And then during the event, she came in and she finished it during the event. It was, it was oh, that's fun. Oh, how cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm very proud of that mural too. I, I, it wasn't just because I'm proud of the way it came out. It's, um, it's an homage to Astoria and Long Island city. Uh, so there's a lot of landmarks in there. There's a story of beer and cheese. There's Calvin Astoria studios. There's my wife's business, which is a, uh, the Broadway silk store on Broadway, which has been there since the 1930s, but just a lot of little landmarks that you can point to. And um, to have Nina Summer, who was the artist uh, who came in and do it, uh, personally do it herself right then and there, uh, was a real honor for me. And it's a, it's a it's a piece that I treasure. Oh, that's very cool. Yes, I, I know they always credit the artists too on the cans. Yeah, which I always think don't do. Yeah. In addition to their great beers, the can art for me has really always been a thing that I look to for them. So, so nice to know that that comes into our fair city. Yeah, I actually went to, uh, there was an artist, uh, not an artist, but a, a musician called Raffaella. 
and uh, they did a, a launch of a logger, I want to say in 2019, uh, mm-hmm. in the Lower East Side. Um, and we went down to this bar. I don't even remember the name of the bar, but she performed, and there was another band that came on for the launch party for this particular beer. And it was called Raffaella. Um, so you know, they do a lot of really cool stuff when it comes to the arts. And I think now more than ever, um, you guys should know firsthand. We need to try to help the arts wherever we can. So I think uh, Collective Arts is uh, uh, is doing very special work right now. You know, I was, I was going to mention this uh, later in the show, but just segues so well into it from that. Uh, since we haven't talked about them in a few weeks, I uh, want to remind everyone out there to look for Curtain Up Beer. Yep. Uh, the, the last I read, they have uh, Curtain Up Beer. Uh, for those of you who may not have heard about it before, it is a uh, it's it's a it's a collective uh, between all sorts of different breweries. They're making variations on the same hazy imperial stout, or I'm sorry, hazy imperial I, uh, IPA uh, or hazy IPA. Maybe just it's a hazy IPA. Yeah, I think um, it's about six point five. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, did I mention this is about a ten point one percent that I'm drinking? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, we we figured that out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I said imperial, didn't I? Uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a hazy IPA. Uh, uh, authored by Gun Hill, but adopted by, I think at this point, something like 50 breweries in 10 different states. Um, and all proceeds all proceeds go to to various arts organizations. So keep an eye out for that one. I know, I've, I know Rick, you've had a few of those. I don't know if you saw the one from Gun Hill. I, I don't know if you've had the one from Big Alice yet or not. That uh, one's around. I haven't seen it yet, no. That's in my uh, but I also saw that Flagship has one now. So... Uh, Wolf it's, and uh, Warrior it's, it's, out of Westchester has made one. Have you have you seen cans of that one yet? Wolf and Warrior. Have you have you seen cans of the Wolf and Warrior yet? Uh, I haven't uh, seen them Huck? personally, but I know on Instagram. Okay, they they have cans. Yeah, there. that's that's where I always see like every time I see them, like okay, where can I get these? Because I uh, it's a it's a wonderful organization to support. Yeah, they're kind they're of a, they're they're a smaller good. one that hasn't really uh, broken through in a in a big way in the city yet. But I know that they're getting a really yeah. good reputation with hazy IPAs. What else? Of course. Yeah. Well, I will, uh... Uh, well, on the opposite end of that scale, I got to I got to report in on this cranberry situation here. It's yeah. a really caramelly, delicious uh, bock. I mean, it's exactly what you want out of that. But also, it's got a lot of cranberry happening on it and a decent amount of orange, which I think is interesting, okay. which I did double check. They do add a little bit of orange peel into it, which gives it a good flavor there. Other fun thing I wanted to mention is that um, this was meant to be their Thanksgiving beer. And so um, they actually put on the side of the can, uh, who are you raising this beer to? Um, so you could actually in your, uh, your beer selection today. And I believe that they were doing a donation also in connection to this uh, with that charity because this was one of their Thanksgiving beers. Um, so uh, I'm going to raise a beer to you guys. I think you can no, on the side of this. I'm going to raise one to you, bro. Oh, cheers, folks. Cheers. Well, that's how this game works. <laughs> very good what was the name of that beer again uh together with okay bronx brewery yeah, bronx, bronx brewery, bronx brewery. Bronx I heard brewery. yep yeah they're you know they're they're uh but this is part of their up-and-comers uh limited release series so um uh so they have a membership program up there um where you can buy into some of their earlier beers and i think that this was one that they were shipping with that i've been to their i've been to their uh, brewery several times 
Oh, nice. Yeah, I think uh, Beer Wonder, I think you and I, uh, that are the last time we did a Bronx crawl, yes. we started at Bronx Brewery, didn't we? We did. It was it was a fun time up there, I recall. Yeah. I, re- I remember board games, which I always think is a, an ace move if you're a brewery and you have the space to Absolutely. put it out. They certainly do. I mean, there is. Yeah, you have some of the story of beer and cheese Dittmars, don't you, Rick? Oh, a few, yeah, just a few. Yeah. Yes, yeah. always, always a good reason to stick around at a brewery. I mean, or 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 a place to get beer, regardless. You know, the beer is nice, but the board games really are the thing that keep you there, right? Well, hopefully, you weren't crawling back over the RFK Bridge after it. <laughs> that was no, a- they, they they crawled over the Broadway Bridge. <laughs> no comment. No comment. No, I, we uh, it, it was it was all uh, Uber and Subway. Okay, that's good. That's that is good. true. Actually, that is true. It was. Yeah, uh, it was it was our first uh, Bronx beer crawl because uh, you know these these uh, uh, beer books that uh, Story Beer and Cheese participated in once or twice. I think uh, what what Beer Wonder and I and and Huck and and some of the other beer vendors would do is we would try to like engineer crawls based on getting as many coupons as we could, uh, <laughs> always making sure to tip tip people very well. Just because it's a neighborhood that's a little farther away, yeah. and we don't want to make three trips out there. Right. Uh, so we'd just make an afternoon of going to every place in the Bronx because there'd be like eh, three, four max mm-hmm. out there. So that was always a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, that first started where we got it. There was a beer passport that was just for the summer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So we had to do it in three months. And then we started getting the, the uh, what they called at the time, the Brooklyn beer books. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was the coupon books. Now they just call them the Brooklyn beer book and the Queens beer book. I, right. I don't even know if they put one out this year. It's you know, obviously... I yeah, would be surprised sure. if they did. Yeah, yeah. It's, all right. Well, I think since we've all weighed in uh, so well on these uh, these pours, I uh, mm-hmm. I gotta swirl oh, yeah, my I, bits. I gotta swirl my bits and swirl yes. your bits. Keep moving, that's, Huck. Uh, that's good life it's advice. Still there. Any, uh, still there. I think I'm gonna have to but, swallow. Uh, but I'm I've been I'm, I think it, it's about time for another one of our uh, what do we call it, uh, Huck? Origin stories. That's right. I think it's time to have our uh, origin story for our beer venture to be Rick. Now, of course, this is an origin story in progress mm. since he is he is at the moment becoming a beer venture. Uh, but but it's, it's so we can uh, learn about his journey uh, from when he first started to exactly where he is right now. So, Rick, my, my first question for you is uh, when did you when do you remember when you first started getting interested in beer just as a someone who enjoyed to drink beer? Uh, well, I mentioned that, uh, I'm a chef by trade. Um, and so I'm, I, I've enjoyed beer my entire professional life. It was, uh, I, I, I've what about your personal life? Well, my profession, my, my personal life too. Uh, but yeah. you know, sometimes the lines quite often the lines are blurred. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, whereas the restaurant industry is so focused on, uh, food and wine pairing, you know, I was always trying to focus on beer pairings as well. Um, you know, if you didn't have a good beer list in the restaurant, I mean, and anyone can have a good wine list, but you really yeah. have a good beer list. So mm. um, it was something that I was always focused on. Um, I never really had a super sophisticated palate. Um, I just knew what I liked. Um, and so, uh, you know, a- as I was uh, coming up as a chef, uh, there were certain styles that I would enjoy. Loggers were the starting point, as I think are with most people. Mm, yeah, um, you know where I think people get started with. I don't think anyone goes right into that heavy stout. I mean, aside from a Guinness, which isn't really stout, right? Is it? Yeah, it's not really stout. Well, um, it's it's something that we've talked about for a while. Is that for a long the longest time, we're all old enough that we lived a good chunk of our adult lives 
well, with the possible exception of Beer Wonder, uh, we, we've lived most of our adult lives without having as many choices. So if we wanted yeah. something a more a more worthy stout than Guinness, it wasn't available. Right. It wasn't. So so I think uh, through the years, uh, you know, my career as my career uh, would move forward, and we would look to. Uh, do more pairings with better styles of beer, better breweries that were that were becoming more available. Um, uh, it changed my own uh, personal um, palate as well. Um, I think probably, uh, and I mean, I was much older by then, but by the time I started working for, I worked for a hypermarket um, chain. I worked for Whole Foods Market for 12 okay. years. And I think that was probably, I worked for them for 12 years. That was probably... Oh when I really had an opportunity for a lot of exposure to a lot of different beer at one time, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a retail setting, because you can, you can try anything. And, um, you know, I, I, I worked in the store level, I worked in the regional level. So you had an opportunity to try a lot of different things. And I think that's really when um, my own personal palate uh, became really kind of exploded. Um, so it's, it's not just one style of beer that I enjoy drinking. It's many different styles of beer. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, there are just some things that I just can't get into. Uh, yeah. being one of them. That's, uh, so, so is that where you, where you were working primarily in the beer department at, uh, Whole Foods? Well, I started, uh, working, uh, for Whole Foods Market as a chef. Uh, okay. I opened up the, Col- the Columbus Circle location. Oh, um, wow. Great store. Uh, doing incredible numbers. I had 170 people on my team at one point. Uh, oh, and then I moved. Yeah, it was a, yeah, we were. So at one point, uh, my team, uh, the prepared foods team at Columbus circle, uh, was amongst the highest grossing, uh, food and beverage operation in the United States. Oh, wow. uh, the beverage out, uh, we were amongst the highest grossing, um, I want to say at one point they were saying that maybe Tavern on the Green was grossing more than we were. Um, The the operation was really um, quite impressive. And we had a lot of really great people working there. And that Um, was the first Whole Foods in New York, right? No, it wasn't. The Chelsea location was. Chelsea was. Yes, my bad. Right. Uh, But the Columbus Circle location really set new standards um, in a lot of ways, not just for Whole Foods Market, but for. Um, prepared foods in the hypermarket um, arena itself, uh, just through the the amount of uh, creativity that was going into the food that was being produced, the the different styles of food that were being produced, um, uh, the different types of stations that we were introducing in a supermarket environment. You know, a carting station. Uh, we had we were making Indian food from scratch. We were doing Latin food uh, menus from scratch. It was really um, uh, it really took prepared foods uh, to a totally different level. No one had ever seen it before. So, uh, and and I think from there, um, not only did the company use us as a model for future exploration into prepared foods, but also other companies did as well. We had competition coming in constantly to take a look at that. Uh, and the place was very busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one, were, were you at all involved with the uh, with the with the beer bar that was in that Whole Foods? Not, no, not there. So that that okay. was, no. So that, we used to go there a lot. As that was our hangout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, we spent a lot of time there. Yeah. So that was I was there 
we opened up there in I want to say 2005. Uh huh. Hmm. Um, maybe 2004. Um, we had a wine store when we first opened there. Uh, we we were not selling beer at the time. Surprisingly. Oh, wow. Because uh, New York has these archaic laws where you can't sell wine and beer in the same location. And even though the wine store was set up as a separate standalone operation, we still couldn't. It was still within our right. public space. So, um, and, you know, there was a lawsuit. It was, it was a lot of stuff that kind of got involved there. We ended up closing the wine store and then bringing beer in. We brought in uh, the city stores were only allowed a certain number of beer licenses for all of their stores. We brought one of those beer licenses in, and uh, and began to sell beer there. Um, I, I mean, honestly, it wasn't until I, I opened up the Yonkers store um, uh, where we had the largest beer program uh, in in our region uh, that mm-hmm. I was really able to expand on my palate when it came to beer. Um, I was really able to to work with a lot of distributors. Um, to bring in a lot of labels that we were not otherwise uh, able to bring in. And I was able, also able to bring in a lot of local breweries because we had a, a pour program. We, we had a draft program, right. uh, which was a lot of fun too because I, I wasn't just beholden to bringing um, a lot of mainstream stuff in. It was all craft beer coming off of our draft lines. Um, uh, so, so that was kind of the tipping point for me. Yeah, I think that's why we we focus so much on that uh, the, that Columbus Circle location was because in that neighborhood there wasn't anything that came anywhere close. Plus, you had, they had a great happy hour there as well. Yeah. So if we were looking for our our, our one of our regular places was the Pony Bar at Forty Fifth and Tenth. Mm-hmm. But if we were going a little somewhere else, kind of in that various neighborhood, because you know, uh, Huck's on the Upper West Side, I'm in Queens, Beer Wonders in Brooklyn, and we have other beer vendors from all over. So sometimes that would just be a good sort of this is close enough to all of us as far as quick getting home from there. Yeah. Um, so how did you, how did you transition uh, from Whole Foods to Astoria Beer and Cheese? Were you involved in the Broadway location from the beginning? Yeah. So uh, I transitioned, um, uh, to, had a bad marriage at Whole Foods Market after so many years and left. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually out i i had taken a fall at work and i was actually out on disability walking down the street and um uh there was a sign in the window at the broadway location and so they'd already opened no they had not opened yet oh, okay uh, they were looking for a cheesemonger and a chef and oh. i was bored out of my mind and i figured you know what what would it hurt to to poke my head in there and say hi i mean it was literally opening up across the street from where i live so um I poked my head in. We had a conversation um, uh, with who would become my partner. Um, I set him up with his cheese repertoire, um, his charcuterie repertoire, his menu. I hired a staff for him. He had somebody who was doing the beer buying for him already, which was fine, but we were able to collaborate with the original beer buyer on the food that we were selling and the cheese to be able to set up cheese plates, um, the charcuterie board, the works, um, sandwiches and, and make rep, um, recommendations that way. And that's really how uh, a story of beer and cheese came, came to be. It was really through collaboration. Um, I, I was in no position to, to really make a long-term commitment. Um, 
And to be honest, um, uh, who, the man who became my partner wasn't looking for a partner at that location at that point anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, we we continued to to stay in touch. We became friends. Uh, we were together on his first anniversary at that location, and um, he said, "Hey, uh, I'm looking at a space in Manhattan." And I said, "Well, that's great. How much is the rent?" And he said, "It was eighteen thousand dollars a month." Oh, yeah. I said, thank you very much. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 18 grand. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of beer. Um, yeah. uh, but he said that he, he had also found out about a location over on Dittmar's Boulevard and it was kismet. Um, it, yeah. it just, it was a perfect location. It had everything that we were looking for and um, uh, it's worked out really well. Yeah, it's a how, great- and how how soon mm-hmm. after the opening of the Broadway store did the Dittmar's location uh, open? It was 2014, uh, is that right? Yeah, so Broadway opened up in September of 2012. Okay. And um, ABC Dittmar's opened up in March of 2014. We started construction in November of 2013. Okay. We opened up in March of 2014. So we are just under seven years. Yeah. That's incredible. Because I have some, I have some pictures of uh, of myself and uh, Beer Wonder and the Belgian Babe, who you know. Uh, yes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll explain that later. Uh, uh, and and actually, I think the Saison Kid was there also. I believe uh, so. And this was, uh, it was. Also, you had been open for a couple months, but you had your first official opening party uh, that May, I think. We did. Uh, yeah, we did. And every party- and after that, you realized we need to be closed all day before we have one of these things again. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we also realized that uh, while those parties are amazing, uh, we kept pushing them further and further back because um, we have such a beautiful backyard. Our patio is amazing. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, the weather in in March and April can be very wonky. You never know what you're going to get. Even even in May, you don't know what you're necessarily going to get. But and I remember a couple of them where you'd have a tarp up there, and we were all just. But it was. <laughs> I think that was the that was the 2017. I remember. I think was the oh, one where it was yeah. a big tarp, and we, oh. but it was still an amazing party, and we were there for the bitter end. Yeah, that, that was that was a hard one trying to get that tarp to come down. That was a hard. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah, but our you know our parties our parties are legendary for sure. Um, we, we do everything that we can to showcase not just the beer that we sell. We really want to showcase um, a lot of local folks. So, you know, we, we encourage them to take part in it. So, a lot, you know, a lot of the products that we sell, the beer that we sell, obviously, we want to showcase the, the, as many local brewers as we can that will be on our draft list for that night. Um, we start very early in the year looking for beer for those, uh, for those mm. parties. Um, uh, we may have actually started the year before, depending on what's coming out, yeah. um, which, which, you know, certainly for through the first few years, three or four years is what we were doing. Um, uh, we were, we were storing stuff in our basement, uh, in our walk-in, uh, to get oh, wow. ready for the holiday party, uh, for, for the, uh, the anniversary party. But, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's really what we want to do. We want, we want our, our, our guests, our customers to get to know. Um, all of these amazing artisans that we work with day in and day out, whether they be a, a brewer or they make amazing cheese or amazing charcuterie or 
an amazing hot sauce that we sell, a jam or a jelly. We really want to focus on on them so that our our guests, our customers, can see them for for really uh, how great they are. Uh, and that's what we've tried to do in the past. Um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't have a party last year. Um, yeah, you have it at a at a sale. Well, yeah, <laughs> showed um, up for the, uh, yeah. It was. It was uh, I remember you had a because yeah, it was right around the time of that. And I want to I want to get into that uh, a little bit. But before we get that, I, I'm just curious to know how much your involvement has been in the uh, in the expansion. Uh, because once we moved out of Astoria, it became Milk and Hops. So now it's a name that you can put in any neighborhood. I know you were at the at the minimum. I know you were like managing the Chelsea store at some point or another. How involved were you in all that expansion? Right. So um, my partner had a, an idea for a concept uh, called Milk and Hops. Uh, he opened up the original location in Manhattan down on Astor Place. It was a tiny, tiny store. It's a nice store, though. I was there a few times. Yeah, right on Broadway, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. delightful. Tiny store, but he really wanted to expand and wanted to know if I was ready to get involved. And I was, but I wanted a partnership in it. And we, we came to an agreement. And so I went into Milk and Hops in Manhattan uh, during the construction of the Chelsea store as the managing partner. And okay. I, I was the managing partner for both the, uh, the, the Astor Place location and the Chelsea location. Um, we opened up the Chelsea location uh, in January of 2016. And it was a big hit right from the start. Um, um, Definitely a little bit more stylized than um, any of the other stores, Uh, more stylized. And it it was different, too, because, you know, whereas ABC, Story Beer and Cheese, is really kind of a retail shop. It's a cheese shop. It's a beer shop. Mm -hmm. Um, Milk and Hops wasn't quite so much. It was really more bar-centric. Um, than yeah. than ABC was, and yeah. I, that's what that's really the vision for what Milk and Hops became. And certainly, okay. and certainly, even though those of you that remember uh, the Astor Place location having that retail vibe, mm-hmm. um, Chelsea didn't. Chelsea was really all about the bar. It was all about yeah. the beer, all about the food. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the first time I went into the Astor Place location, thinking it's smaller, but it has ex- almost the same shape. And the same vibe that the other stores had, but uh, but yeah, Chelsea seems like did seem like a different animal from the beginning. Still great, still great beers, uh, but yeah, yeah, and more you know, and and again, it was it was definitely had a more sophisticated vibe mm. than um, than the Astro Place location did, uh-huh. and I wanted that. I mean, you got to remember, you're in New York City, so every neighborhood is going to be a little bit different. Oh yeah, sure. So Very whereas true. the Astor Place vibe, you know, being can be kind of hipster, because um, you've got that NYU area over there, you've got Facebook, you've got Google. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on over there. Um, uh, Chelsea's much more sophisticated than Astor Place is. So if you take a look at um, the way that the bars were were set up, or the tables and chairs that we purchased, um, they, they're much much slicker, I think, overall, which is what we achieved. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately, I ended up leaving. Um, I stayed there. So, uh, you know, really what happened was I stayed on as the, uh, the managing partner. Um, uh, my, my partner was ambitious and wanted to open up more locations. I couldn't afford to 
you know, I wasn't about to take any money, any loan out um, to open up yeah. more locations. Like a lot of businessmen will, but I wasn't willing to do that. I still had kids in school um, at the time. Yeah, I had two kids in college at the time. So it, it really wasn't a good time for me to take any risks financially. Um, and so he ended up bringing another partner in and they ended up buying me out. But I stayed on as a general manager. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So nice. uh, and the other location. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So they, right. So I was, um, right. The funny thing is, is a year after they bought me out at Milk and Hops Chelsea, well, Milk and Hops in general, I bought out my partner at ABC Dipmars. Oh, okay. Mm, Nice. So So you're the sole owner. Yeah. So that, you know, that opened up, um, kind of different dynamic between everybody. I had my location, he had his location, and now he had another partner that was involved. And, um, well, you know, as partners do, you know, you have to differ, different opinions and points of view on things. Uh, I stayed on as a general manager uh, in Chelsea for another couple of years. And then, um, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic hit and, um, and then I, I left. So I'm not associated yeah. with Milk and Hops at all any longer. It's just ABC, baby. Very good. Well, I, yeah, I want to talk more about what, but I, I see that Huck, I think, is dry. So I want to get to Huck's second pour, and then I have another question for you. Sure. Very good. Let's take a little break from the uh, from the Rick White interview to bring you this next lager. This is the Pilsmatic Pilsner from, from Interboro. Interboro. It is a collab with Carton Brewing Company in New Jersey. Delightful. And it's a traditional German style. It's all Saz uh, hops. Pilsner malt, and uh, but I tell you, it has that American touch that I just love in my Pilsners. You know, it's, and drinking it out of an appropriate glass as well. Glad to see that. I, oh yeah, oh, it's got a nice color, mm-hmm. beautiful color, nice head, and I bet with all that says hop, it's going to have a great aroma too. Yeah, it's, oh, it is a beauty, right? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I can see, I can see, the, I can see the art on your wall through it. That's right. It's a yeah, it's a, gorgeous. Yeah, I, love, I mean, I've already had one, so I already know that it's wicked good. Very good. Can you hold the, hold the can up next to the, the glass? A photo up. Take a look at that. Yeah. Oh, very good. Beautiful. I'm going to cover my... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Nice. That's you know, I'll, I'll, I'll begin another pour soon, but before we do, yeah. Rick, now uh, back we, to we, the story we, of Rick White. Well, we've been talking. The pandemic has come up a few times, and uh, and and <clears throat> you've been our you've been our sponsor way back since around episode eight or so. Uh, but even before that, we talk about a story of beer and cheese because it's where I go all the time. Uh, and at some mm-hmm. point, I have told a lot of stories about what the last year like has has been for you and the struggles you've been through. So I think it's it seems to be only right that I, we should get that story from your point of view, uh, because like we talk about you, we talk about small businesses and the struggles you've been going through. So I think it would be really interesting to our listeners to hear, you know, sort of take you th- take us through how that how what what the, the last year has been for you. Um, you know, it's it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, yeah. We. You know, we, we saw things happening on the horizon. We didn't know how bad they were going to get. Um, uh, we, we were preparing um, um, to, to try to make some changes in our business model, uh-huh. um, but we had not gotten there yet when things got really bad. Uh, what, now, what do I mean by that? Well, we weren't doing a lot of takeout and delivery at that point. Um, you know, we were very much uh, people were eating inside. 
Uh, they were eating in our backyard. We were not doing a lot of uh, takeaway and delivery at that point. So, you know, unfortunately, we kind of got blindsided with that. Um, you know, what happened basically was uh, we're a very tight-knit group. Um, throughout the, the period of time that we've been open, I have done everything that I can to hire local folks. Um, mm -hmm. uh, everyone that works for us uh, is local. Um, in some cases, I've known them for many years. Um, uh, Ryan, who is my beverage director and Sarah, who's one of my bartenders have been there since nearly day one. Sarah is the last of my original employees. Um, and, wow. and so, you know, we, I, I really, uh, I take great pride in trying to give folks an, a place where they can feel comfortable and want to hang their hat for a long time. Um, we, our customers are also part of our family. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I think the captain is a perfect example of that. You, you, you're in multiple times a week and you know, you, it, 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 we are very <laughs> much, pretty often, huh? I am yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am an official regular. I blew your cover. I'm sorry. No, no. I, 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 I say at the beginning of every show that it is my home, home bar. He does. Well, you know, the thing is, is that um, there aren't that many businesses out there where you can say, well, you know, I know them. I know their family. I know yeah. their family history. I know their kids. I One of the greatest joys that I've had since I've opened up ABC is I have literally watched couples going on their first dates, getting engaged, getting married, having kids and moving out of the neighborhood. I, I, I'm an older guy. I mean, believe it or not, I had a beard that was as long as Glenn, uh, the captain's was. I, I saw it sticking out of your mask the last few yeah, times I yeah. saw you. And then I, 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 I always it, mentioned the last time, oh, I guess you, you trimmed it off. But but um, it, it, I've taken such joy out of watching that happen. I mean, it's sad to watch people move away, but that's part of life. Mm. So so when mm. I say when I say that, I'm being very sincere. And, you know, we had a very, very sad, unfortunate thing happen where um, we had a couple that were, we were very, very close with. Everyone was very close with. They were very good friends of ours. Um, they both ended up getting sick. Um, uh, uh, one of them ended up passing away. It wow. was an incredible. I was uh, a few days before you stopped doing, uh, yeah. indoor stuff. I was sitting a few seats down from them. It was incredibly emotional. Um, and one of the saddest days that I've ever gone through, uh, at ABC. And, and we immediately had a conversation, the team and I, and, you know, with everything that was going on with families, um, uh, both here in, in New York and outside, you know, everyone's concerned about what's going on. I didn't see any point in um, adding any more pressure um, to what they were already dealing with. So I just made the decision to close. Um, didn't know it was going to happen. Um, Initially, to be honest with you, I thought we'd close for, for a week, maybe two weeks, mm. give everybody a pause. And then, of course, right after that, we ended up going through what we ended up going through, where uh, the governor shut us down entirely. Um, uh, but, but as we began to go through the closure, it was very clear how bad things were getting. And, and so, you know, we were in a position where the team was not feeling confident in coming to work. Um, I needed them to feel good about what they were doing. I needed them to feel that um, they could go through their day without being so fearful about having these interactions. And, and we knew nothing at that point. 
So, uh, so a couple of weeks turned into a month, a month turned into two months. We ended up, uh, during that period of time that we were closed, um, there was a lot going on in the background. So that's when we started to really take a look at expanding our delivery and takeout operations to prepare us for reopening. Um, we ended up reopening uh, the first week of June. Um, and then slowly over the next month and a half, you know, six weeks, we would add incrementally, we would add a new service. So we opened up initially just for takeout. Um, we only had beer. We were only open as a beer store uh, when we first opened up. And then we opened I remember, up, yeah. Right. Then we opened up the, the cheese counter. And that was a monumental task because, as you can imagine, when you're closed for two months, you know, cheese is a perishable thing. It's a living thing. So, yeah. you know, uh, there was a lot to go through. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cleanup that we had to go through. Um, uh, I mean, the losses were staggering. Uh, the mm-hmm. amount of work that had to go in to kind of sift through it all. Uh, we reopened our cheese program uh, after that. And then um, lastly, the, the program that we opened up was our kitchen. And the kitchen opened up last because, stupid me, you know, I'm we're closed. Um, you know, we kind of had a plan. And several weeks before we made the decision to open up the kitchen, the staff is like, well, you know what? I haven't seen my family in so long, and they're really worried about me. Would it be all right if I, you know, went away? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But just keep in mind, you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days. Well, guess what? They went away and they had to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. And so we had to push that back uh, mm-hmm. for uh, for our kitchen um, for an extra couple of weeks. But we ended up uh, reopening uh, right around July 4th um, for all services. Um, uh, and, you know, it was tough. The first couple of months, uh, June, July, were very difficult for us. No, uh, August got a little better. Um, uh, you know, I will tell you that the the... First, the second quarter of the year, we were down by ninety-one percent. Wow! Second that quarter, checks out. That's how. Wow. Yeah. Right. Ninety-one uh, percent uh, uh, revenue down over prior year. Uh, quarter three, we were down by thirty-four percent. So it got a little better. Yeah. Um, um, I, I will tell you, by the time we got into September, September and October were really good for us. Everyone came out. And it was like we, we, we had this outpouring of love. Everyone wanted to come. They wanted to support us. Um, uh, the, the team was doing really well. They felt that love and that outpouring of support. Um, and so, you know, uh, those months were really good. The holiday season was really good for us. But, of course, we're, we're in the slow season for us now anyway, whether there's a pandemic yeah. or not. You know, January, February, and March are our three slowest months to begin with. But one thing that I did want to say for anybody that might be listening to this podcast right now, um, during the two months that we were closed uh, in April and May, I started a GoFundMe campaign um, for the staff. Um, ABC, did, ABC did not take in a dime. The, the GoFundMe campaign was strictly for the team, and every single dollar went to the team. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank everybody um, who who donated to the team. I, I want to say we took in probably somewhere between eight and nine thousand mm. um, dollars, which you know at that time we didn't know what was going on. No one had any yeah. money. No one was making any money. No, you know, you were collecting unemployment, but there was no pandemic unemployment. You know, mm. m- most of the team was working part time. They weren't working full time. 
So, so the GoFundMe money, the, the donations, that the outpouring of love, um, that's why I feel such a deep connection to our community because, you know, I, I will always be grateful uh, to them, uh, to our community um, for, for, for helping my, my team, my staff, my family, um, my, my work family. And um, I just wanted to kind of get that out there. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really that's great. great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I went through a similar things. I worked for arts and crafts beer parlor in the city and, uh, and they, they went through the similar thing where they, they just opened up and we're hoping to open up again in March. They were currently closed and you, you survived this particular winter close down where a lot of bars are, are closed right now. A lot of beer bars that I know about, but y'all are still doing uh takeout and, and delivery right now. Yeah. Even though, uh, even though the governor instituted 25% dining indoors, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have been to our shop. We've got 25 seats, 26 seats indoors. Small. Cool. Yeah. Yep. It, it doesn't help me. So the, the amount of um, bureaucracy that I need to go through to stay open for six seats, it doesn't help me. And we're talking about temperature logs and, you know, contact tracing and, you know, we have to sanitation logs. And I mean, there are some things that we're doing now to begin with, but it just, it doesn't make sense for six seats. We well, have- yeah, Rick, I, I was going to mention that because this isn't the first time we've had indoor dining and I was really, I respected you a lot. I respected you anyway, but, but I respect you a, a lot that when that offer was made before, uh, because this isn't the first time they brought, we, there was a brief time where we had indoor dining before. And I thought it was really great that you decided, okay, I'm glad we can, but I'm not, I don't want to be the guinea pig. I think I'm, am I quoting you directly from that article? You're quoting me exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to be the guinea pig. I, I didn't see the point in it. I, it was all brand new and there were still so many unknowns. Yeah. At that point, no one was even talking about air filtration. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't talking about keeping track of temperatures. And, and so, um, you know, I, I I was fine to let other restaurants and do it. I mean, we were we were just fine with our retail. We had our seating in our backyard, which was good. Uh, yeah, I love sitting in your backyard. That's like I I specifically try and go there when I think there's not going to be many people, even with the limited seating you have. Because like I want to I want to support you. It's very peaceful to sit there where I don't have to be out on the sidewalk where people are walking by and I have, wow. have to turn my head away. There, yep. it's 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 really great. And yep. uh, and I but I also think it's really great that you took that stand. Is like, you know what, maybe we can, but maybe we shouldn't. Well, I wanted to keep people safe. I wanted to keep my team yeah. safe. I wanted to keep my customers safe. Um, speaking in my backyard, we have people sitting out in the snow fort uh, today. Hey, oh, that's great. I'm calling it a snow fort because it's a snow fort right now. <laughs> that's great. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's really great. Uh, thank you for sharing all that with us because uh, yes. we haven't really talked about that uh, to this degree. So. Really not. Well, I, I I felt that I had said so much of it on your behalf that since you're actually on the show, we needed to hear it from your point of view because I, I wanted to make sure that I, I told a few things. I want to make sure I, I I got it right, but I think it's it's a it's a much more uh, appropriate perspective. Well, I, you know, for for me, I, I live in the neighborhood too. Yeah. So I live in the neighborhood. Uh, my wife owns a business in the neighborhood. We've raised our family in the neighborhood. We've got uh, deep generational roots in the neighborhood. I use that term a lot. Uh, And, you know, as a business owner and a neighbor, I want to keep everybody safe. That's got to be the primary concern. 
you know, whether or not I can get six people into the shop or not, I mean, that doesn't, yeah. you know, right. so, so if it's going to keep everybody safe, if it's going to give you peace of mind, uh, if putting a, a shower curtain across the shop or, you know, keeping the number of people in the shop down to us, I mean, there are plenty of businesses that are out there right now that are, you know, they might be keeping to the, the standard of the law or the regulation. Yeah. But right. We all know that there are bad actors out there. I don't want to be mm. that. I want you to be able to come in and feel good uh, about that interaction, no matter what it might be. Well, I appreciate it. And I know I can speak for them to a degree when I say I absolutely, because I'm sure they've told you, I know your staff appreciates it as well. Well, that's good to know. Okay, good. Yeah, for sure. And you know what I'm thinking now is that like with all those sponsors that that, that we, were, we were fielding offers, I think that choosing a story beer and cheese Dittmars was... Was the right choice? Oh, Absolutely. Wow. All right. Well, well, my my sponsored pour is 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 empty, so I'm actually going to take a trip somewhere. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, let's do it. Uh, All right. Because I know this guy. He's going to the captain's cellar. Yeah. Come high water or hell. Yeah. It's filled with stouts and porters, made with bricks and mortars. Going to the captain. Cellar. It's always different, folks. Always. It, it is always different, but that's that's what yeah. makes it that's what makes it fantastic. Oh, so, Captain, so I got a bottle. That's a bottle. long journey, but what have you got? Well, I got a bottle from the cellar, and then I suddenly realized where did I leave my bottle opener? I I'm sure I preset that lighter. Uh, well, so uh, I, I really I, my favorite part of that song is the fact that you mentioned bricks and mortars, since so many of my uh, my cellared pours uh, come from a online uh, organization. Since I don't actually buy it in a brick and mortar store. Oh, I, I know, and, and your and your cellar is actually. But it's a great rhyme. A mini fridge. <laughs> yes, uh, but this is uh, this is like another one. That I, I'm like, oh, but cellars are made with more bricks and mud. That well, that's true. That's true. I, I, I that, that's that's more literal. I hadn't thought about that. That's so. It's, so it's a good song. Uh, this is another one from a tower purchase from March of 2020. It's of a vintage of 2019. It's a brewery that might be first for us. Uh, it's called River North. Oh, I don't know that. Mm-mm. From Denver, Colorado. Uh, and, and, and one of the things, I, I can't find much about them on their website or any press, but what the, when, when I bought it, one of the things that sold me was uh, apparently in 2017, so it doesn't quite apply to this batch, but in 2017, uh, an online magazine called Paste. Yeah, I've heard of Paste. Oh, okay. Uh, well, they did a uh, blind taste test of 102 uh, non-barrel-aged Imperial Stouts. Okay. Uh, now, among the top 10 were were beers from Three Floyds, mm-hmm. uh, from Westbrook, from Perennial, like, such as, you know, remember the Abraxas that we had on mm-hmm. New Year's Eve? The general. Uh, but the one I have in my, right over here, just outside of your view right now, came in first. Ooh. Ah. It is the Mr. Sandman, not just another oh. Imperial Stout. Not just yeah. Imperial Stout. No, nice. And I, I, that's a 500 milliliter bottle, yeah. It's a 500 milliliter. No, it's not. It's a it's a it's a 375. Excuse uh, me. Pardon me. And uh <laughs> it, yeah, so I said it's vintage 2019. They only made uh 150 cases of these. Oh, oh. okay. Sure. And, that, and it's a non-barrel aged. 
It is a non-barrel-aged imperial stout, and of the 102, it came in first. And what, what's the ABV on that? Uh, it is. It's hot. Well, now that I've opened it, I can't check until I poured it. Okay. I'm going to say nine. You should take bets on this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's take bets. So, what, yeah, what do you say uh, there? I said so I think. Uh, yeah, Hawk said at 9.7. I'm going to say 10.2. Okay. That's All right. Well, after I pour it, I will get you the exact Rick, answer you gotta, there. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, Rick. Um, I'm going to go. Let's shoot that uh, 9.7, 10.2. Uh, let's do 10. Straight ten, ten even. Ten right. well, honestly, with the 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 like intense void of blackness that I'm seeing here, yeah, this is really. going to be a this is going to be a big one. Yeah, here we go. There we go, Mr. Sandman. Bring me a stout. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm actually Make it I, 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 I know. I think you're all a little low. Oh. So I'm gonna. I'm. I'm wow. It is eleven. Eleven point nine. Oh, oh doctor. Wow. Doctor Captain. So here we are. Bless it, bless it so bless hard. It. Bless it. How was it? Oh, it's really oh, great. It, but it is. It's like why? it's just like the. I can see why it did so well because I love those Westbrook ones. But it, the reason it, it rose to the top is it's just it's a very well done Imperial Stout with no serious adjuncts. Now, according mm. to the description, I'm going to start to taste some berries in this as well. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It says there's supposed to be like some raspberry and cherry and dark bittersweet chocolate. I definitely taste dark bittersweet chocolate. Uh, All right, I'll, That's I'll let you know. Maybe the like berry... Belgian style stout might have that fruity vibe. Okay, now I'm getting a little bit of fruit, but it likes, it's 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 like chocolate is definitely the bittersweet chocolate is the dominant flavor. Okay, mm. and I would I would hope that would be. Yeah, oh, it should be. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm tasting a little of the same thing. Got yeah, a little raspberry, a little cherry. They're you know they're melding together but very very good so i know we've gotten we've gotten serious which is great and i'm really glad to have heard yes. uh, the story of uh, the playbooks that i got i have goofy questions okay uh, i got a couple of ridiculous ones too so okay well you want to start no no please the hazy ipa craze does it drive you crazy or are you yeah. are you more on board with uh with it like it's so crazy people don't want other beers they just want the hazy ipas What's where are you at with that? Uh, you know what? I liken it to the West Coast IPA craze of about ten years ago, yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, where you know you had hop heads coming out of the woodwork. Um, no, I'm kind of on board with it uh, right now. Uh, New England IPAs are one of my favorite uh, style of beer to drink. Good, uh, super easy to drink, crushable, very relatable. Um, there's a wide variety uh, mm-hmm. within that style. Um, it's something that I really enjoy drinking. Um, uh, but I think it's like everything. I think it'll subside. They'll come, mm-hmm. come up with something else. Yeah. Okay. Very good. In, in that developmental phase, and I know you say you're not a sour person, but what I keep hearing rumblings of is that like sours are the new thing. And as someone who gets to interact with a lot of beer drinkers, mm-hmm. is that true? Or are you seeing something as as the sort of new emerging trend? You know what? If you had asked me that a year ago, I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sours were really, because sours are exploding. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2019 and then the pandemic hit yeah um uh, and then i don't think we've seen quite the amount of creativity uh that we were seeing in 2019 i mean everyone and their mother was brewing a sour right, uh, right. It didn't matter whether or not that was in your brewery's uh wheelhouse or not 
they were giving a go at brewing a sour. Um, whether it was a good sour or not, I couldn't say because I wasn't drinking a lot of them. Um, I, I will say that I think the New England IPA craze um, over probably over the last uh, eight to 12 months has, I don't want to say quite eclipsed the sour craze of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, but it's gotten pretty close. Um, I think it'll, it remains to be seen uh, once we get through a little further in 2021, as people can go out a little bit more, they can get into bars, uh, uh, they can really start to walk around a little bit and, and, and we see uh, people mingling and, and breweries actually start to increase their production because a lot of breweries have really pulled back on their production. Yeah, right, We yeah. talked about um, uh, Fair State as, as one. We haven't seen cans from Fair State in a while. Mm. So, so they're, they're pulling back on their productions for a lot of reasons. It's, it's not just because of the pandemic and people, you know, people getting sick or not being able to come in. Um, ingredients have been hard to come by, um, whether it be hops or malt or whatever that might mm-hmm. be. Um, uh, cans, you know, material, yeah. raw materials, cans yeah. and bottles have been really hard to, hard to come by. Yeah, it's um, been an aluminum uh, uh, shortage, yeah. Yeah, so I think as we get through 2021, uh, hopefully things will loosen up a little bit. And it remains to be seen, you know, whether or not sours come back in a big way the way they did, whether or not New England IPA craze continues the way it was, or whether or not something else emerges. I, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball at this point. Well, that leads to my next question about kegs. What's the state of kegs at this point? Because kegs are the lifeblood of, uh, of the, the craft beer industry. And now, of course, people can't go to bars to get a pour. Yeah. And we're doing more cans and bottles. Are you still getting kegs? At, at, uh... Well, we, we are, but we're not going through nearly as much draft beer as we were. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is that, we, you know, we mentioned not being quite ready to pivot at the beginning of the pandemic in, yes. in, in March of yeah. last year. Breweries uh, pivoted uh, fairly successfully, particularly local breweries. Because yeah. they, instead of, because they had all this draft beer lying around, they yeah. immediately started canning and bottling. Right. And so that's where you started seeing a lot of these local breweries starting to make these drops. So you had the other halves of the world and you had C, you know, a single cut and uh, uh, KCBC and all these local breweries, these great local breweries, they were, they were uh, delivering, making deliveries right. um, locally. And so, you know, they were taking all that draft beer and they were canning it or bottling it, mostly, mostly canning it. Right. But that's that mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now. So I think, again, I think once people can get back inside or they can put fannies in the seats, I think that's when you'll start to see more draft beer out yeah. and available. In the meantime, I think it's going to be a lot of cans that are going to be available on the market because they have they got to do something. Yeah, because I know that like for us, I know I can speak for all, everyone. It's like we mm-hmm. prefer the draft beer to a can or a bottle of beer. I, I, yeah, I well, Astoria Beer and Cheese is the main place I've had draft beer in the last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, but I know like every, I, it seems like the ones I see you have on draft have been on draft for like the last couple of months. Well, I wouldn't say it's been uh, months, but what I will say is that we normally have 12 draft lines. We're down to eight right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh and I believe one of them were running Bourbon County, which is fine because the Bourbon County would be fine for a it's, while. Yeah, I, 
that's uh, yeah that that's I guess that's the one I was thinking of when I said months because right. I know it's been there and I'm and I and whenever I it's been a while since I've been warm enough to sit down in the backyard, mm-hmm. but uh, every time I do I usually grab one of those. Well, I you know it's, it's a fourteen dollar pour, so you know right. yeah, <laughs> right exactly. Uh, you know I think it, whereas we might have gone through a keg uh, every week on a draft yeah. line, you know now it's taking us probably three or four weeks, maybe right. maybe a month, you know so. Uh, it really depends. We're not having as many people coming in and buying growlers. And of course, at one point you had people coming in and they wanted to take draft beer to go, you know, whether it's yeah. in a 12 or 16 ounce pour. I think that's the first thing I did when you, when that first time you opened in June, I was, I think I was out shopping for some of those, but I was so glad to see you were open again. I went in and just, just like got a, like a 12 ounce cup with a plastic lid on it. That's been suspended. We can't do it anymore. Yeah. Oh, you can't. I, I didn't know they stopped. When did they stop we're, that? We're not supposed to. Yeah, you probably weren't supposed to from the beginning, right? No, we could. We could. See, that's the problem. Uh, You know, I belong to a lot of uh, a lot of groups. Uh, Queens Together is one of them. And, you know, we 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 work with a lot of people uh, in the New York City um, Council, um, as well as a lot of other people, you know, Donovan Richards, who's the Queens uh, borough president. So we've, we've had a lot of conversations about there being just too many rules and regulations that have come out yeah. there that have been confused. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's too many changes that are happening and, and they're really not breaking those changes down so that we can keep up with that. And I think you know, that's a really good example as where at one point we were able to pour beer for people to take out. And then all of a sudden the governor, the governor said, no. And that was, is, this, the, are the, that was, is the same rule being applied to, to go cocktails. It is. It is. Okay. But that was a direct result of all of these idiots, these bad actors that were out there that were having these 150, 200 people outside of their place. Uh, you know. Right. Because rather than taking them home, they were just hanging out, having a beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with the thought behind it, but at the same time, you're penalizing everybody for a right. very small fraction of yeah. bad actors. Which I yeah. which I have a hard time with. Now, uh, yeah, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm just saying. I remember I would I would see people doing it. It would always make me angry when I'd see that mm. rather than taking it home, people were just hanging out in front and say, "I guess this means we can all hang out in groups of twenty, wow. having the beer that we just got that we're supposed to take home." Yeah, I it didn't it, happen at your place, but it definitely happened to other places on Dittmar's Boulevard. I saw it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, June and July was like the Wild West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. It was. And, and, you know, again, um, you know, one of the one of the regulations was you had to patrol the front of your space and keep mm. people from congregating. I get it. I appreciate it. I would I would do that and I would enforce it. Um, and then you had other folks, neighbors, uh, fellow business owners who felt differently as though they didn't really have to take responsibility. Well, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to tell them go away? Yeah, you are. And so, you know, what ended up happening was you'd have these huge gatherings and they'd have to bring in the cops and then the SLA got oh involved and it, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I'll tell you, we got so much more to talk about uh, with, uh, with Rick, but we haven't even gotten to his Beer Avenger name. Very true. <laughs> Important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have any ideas for what that should be? Uh, I mean, there's the, uh, uh, the White Alesmith. Hmm. Okay. I just came up with that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, it's funny because at one point when we we had uh, 
uh, Wheat Lightning uh, on a few episodes ago. At one point, we were joking about that one name would be White Lightning, but that almost sounds white supremacist in it, so we can't right. use yeah, that yeah. Yeah. White is a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I feel like we should uh, we should uh, uh, have uh, Mr. White back again. Well, definitely, yeah. Come anytime. I'd love to. I'd say, and I, I will. Anytime. I will. Uh, I will have to think about my Beer Avenger name. It's yes, I, I, I thought we'd all be much more creative as far as coming up with something, but uh, well, we're not as good as this because this is uh, Rick. Here's what happens: is like this happens on our Beer Avenger when we would ha- be, actually be hanging out. We'd be talking about the Beer Avengers and say like, "Oh, what would your name be?" And we just spitball about it and have it. But it's it's it's. Uh, it, we, I think I think those skills have become a little rusty. Well, not only that, but we've been getting this uh, great story about. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rick's story and also a story of beer and cheese is just been- clearly our minds haven't wandered to that no, thing anywhere at all because it's a really good yeah. episode and I, I really appreciate your yeah. coming on and talking to us about it well I I, I want to thank you guys uh, for supporting us um, you know I, I, I've told uh, uh, the captain since you guys got started that you know beer is my is my life right now Um uh, I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. Um, I love my customers. Um, and and I really, really enjoy what I do. So anything that I can do, you know, w- one of the things that I really enjoy doing is I've got people that come in all the time. They can't make up their mind. Well, should I try this brew or that brew? And I'm like, well, look, you buy one, I'll give you the other. And then you come back and you let me know what you think. And that's so, great. You know, that's, I get great joy out of it. So thank you so much. I do appreciate it. That, that, that's a wonder because uh, I think it was uh, we've talked about this uh, off and on, but definitely Belgian Belgian Babe was talking about one of the great things about going to bars is that most bartenders will give you a taste uh, mm-hmm. if you're not sure about a beer and you, they can't do that anymore, or at least yeah. not now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there will be a time again where we can do that, but we can't do that anymore. So so that's that sounds like a great solution to all of that. Yeah, that's a, a experience that I've had is when when I ask a bartender about. Uh, a certain beer and they say, let me let you try it. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. really indicates to me that they don't like it. <laughs> you uh, might. Well, sometimes it's that sometimes they j- it's their first day and they don't know yet too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, try they're trying to learn. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, it's like the cheese, you know, we, I want people to, to taste it. And it, it may not be my favorite. It's the same thing with beer. So I, I love to get people to try new things. So whether it be cheese or the charcuterie that we sell with the beer, you know, well, somebody will come in and they'll say, well, how is that sour? And I, my answer is, you know what? I don't really like it because I'm not a sour drinker, but you may love it. And I know customers really love it. So mm-hmm. here, have a taste. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not going to impose my own personal taste on you. What one of the things I miss the most are your beer and cheese tastings. Those were always so great. Every time you would have, because he used to have all these, the, the, the just like I think every week for a while you were having yeah, them, yeah. where you would have a, a brewery would come and they'd just sponsor a beer and cheese tasting, and they'd have they'd have four of their beers, and then you'd have Ryan or someone uh, on your staff uh, come up with pairings, and you'd have like four beers that you could all have a taste of each one, and a cheese that goes with each one of those. It was great. Well, you know what I was thinking when when the weather gets a little nicer and we can have people in the backyard. One of the things that we did, we talked about pivoting uh, for the new business model because um, of the pandemic. We instead of so these events that we've had um, over, through the years, our, our pumpkin painting event, for instance. Ordinarily, oh, yeah. you'd walk in and it would be a free for all, but this year we did reservations. 
Uh-huh. And we set up time. We t- set up uh, uh, time periods, seating, yeah. seatings, if you will. Right. And it was just like you did for the Bourbon County tasting. It was right, exactly. It was very successful for us because it was very organized. We could keep the number of people down. People felt safe. They felt secure. Yeah. Uh, there was no overcrowding. I think we could do that with the beer and cheese pairings too. Come up with some yeah. really good beer and cheese pairings. Make it an event. Do it with some seatings. This way we're not overcrowding one because, I mean, let's face it, we're not going to be out of this for, for a while. So we, we, need, yeah. we need to try to find other ways to get back to our normal. Well, I look forward to those solutions. Indeed. Well, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't like, I don't want to end the show, but we're like. We do. I, 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 real quick. Uh, do you guys have anything you wanted to talk about on the show? Cause I, I think we can still, we we can, this, it's okay if it runs a little long. Or I could edit it, but or we could have a a slightly longer show. I just what do you, any anything? I I have like two things I want to mention, but I want to hear anything else you guys want to talk about. I'm um, I'm good. Okay, what about you, Beer Wonder? No, this has been fantastic, Rick. Thank you for for telling us what the reality is of the situation, and also what we can see going forward in the way that we're going to be able to support our favorite local places in the future. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm good. I'm just going to mention two things then. And they'll be quick, I promise, because I can see you're really you're you're feeling very musical, Huck. I can see how you're with you with you clutching the uke there. I mean, I, uh, I have to be the bad guy. That's my job. Specifically, on uh, as we go forward, uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about Beer Wonder and his home brewing experience that he Absolutely. teased out yeah. last last couple of episodes. More coming also, soon. Yes. Also, I spent a lot of time last week talking up Restaurant Week in New York City. Um, since I did that, they've expanded it for the entire month of February. Nice. So if you're listening to this, New York City, uh, and, and and you're looking at your local businesses, it's great. It, it's so big that some of these aren't even just meals for one for 2021. Some places that are a little like more, not quite on the fine dining level, they'll have a dinner for two for 2021. Yeah, and, and I don't mean the, for the year. I mean it's twenty dollars oh, and twenty one cents yeah. for that. So that so true. look that up if you're looking for some way. Because since I th- I feel a big theme for this episode has been support your local business Hell yeah. uh, and the importance of that. Uh, whether it's a story of beer and cheese or all the other places that you're going to, this is, uh, this is, we need them. Please, they need please, us. please and, do, because it's not just a local business that you're supporting. It's your community that you're, some, yeah. you're supporting as well. So many Very local well businesses have your friends and neighbors working uh, for them. So um, anything you can do would be helpful. Fantastic. Very good. Well said. Thanks again, Mr. White. Mr. White could be a good beer Avenger name. <laughs> it's whole Reservoir Dogs theme. <laughs> How come I got to be Mr. Pink? Oh, the, it's my complexion. Yeah, yeah. that fits. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank, thank you, Rick. Thank everyone for listening. I know we already told uh, Rick to come back anytime. Back and time, yeah. all of you, please come back many times uh, because we love you. And you're the Beer Avengers, and we're all Beer Avengers together. And uh, now it's time to hear the song. Well, we're the beer, 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 beer vengers, beer, 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 beer vengers, beer, 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 beer vengers. We're the beer vengers. I'm a beer avenger.